I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I never worry about action, but only about inaction. Well, those aren't my words, nor are they the words of this week's guest, Darren Campbell, but they are the words of Winston Churchill. I, of course, have been listening to The Churchill Factor, How One Man Made History by the London Mayor Boris Johnson. And I've been listening to it on Audible. That's because Audible.com is this week's sponsor. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash best. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash best. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So be like Churchill, be active, and get your free audiobook courtesy of Audible. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Wow, wow, wow. I am pumped for this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr. My guest is the 4x100m relay Olympic gold medalist from 2004 in Athens. It's Darren Campbell. He also won a silver medal in the 200m in the Sydney Olympics in 2000. And we have had an amazing chat. So much to cover with Darren Campbell today, talking about the importance of teams, the importance of parents and his mum in particular. We talk about nutrition. We talk about the state of athletics and doping and what needs to be done to take the sport forward. That is a very interesting part of this podcast, so please listen in to that. We talk about coping with failure and we talk about the success of becoming an Olympic champion. There is so much to cover on this week's episode. I was actually going to use the start of this show to talk about one of my favourite topics, wrestling. I love wrestling, if you didn't know that already. Yes, all right, I may not have grown up. But I wanted to talk about WWE's Royal Rumble, but I'm just going to get to it with Darren Campbell this week because there's so much to cover. Uh, I think I'll definitely get him on the show again because I had a whole list of questions which I couldn't even get to because he's such an interesting guy and he's passionate with it too. 
and positive. And that's what we love on this show. We love positivity. So if you want to know about my thoughts on the Royal Rumble, my rumble rumblings, so to speak, then go to my website, richardparr.net. I'm going to put up a blog post and, and give my thoughts. I know it's a few days after the show, but the Royal Rumble is such an important event that I'd love to get my thoughts out to you, my listeners and wrestling fans. Hopefully some of you are. Of course, if you want to get in touch with me about any of our future guests or any of my blogs or anything else, as well as the website, you can get in touch with me at Richard underscore par. But come on, we don't want to hear from me anymore. Let's hear from one of the best episodes I've had so far on The Best in the World. Let's speak to Darren Campbell. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. So Darren Campbell, welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Now, there's so much I want to cover with you, but the first thing I want to say is I've literally come out of the gym, and I know you're, you do work with pro-athlete supplementation. What exactly should I be putting into my body right now? <laughs> you should be taking the MGF-1, uh, which is the protein which will allow you to recover. Um, yeah, that's the product you should be taking right this minute as we speak within the hour after training <laughs> what would that do for my body darren what what exactly would that do now ah uh, it will really aid with the recovery um it's got protein obviously in there um and it's what a lot of the pro footballers uh athletes use obviously proteins are a very important part of any sports person's diet um and it'll just help uh replenish what the muscles have just burnt up as soon as possible and then uh, in the morning you shouldn't wake up feeling uh, aches and pains which is the, the the whole point of it it's funny it's funny you mention uh, PAS um, I, I actually set that up with um, the nutritionist that looked after me throughout my career and um, yeah it's been going for 10 years now and, and we do have it over in the Doha oh fantastic so I'll, I'll have to try and get some of that while I'm here yes definitely so what with your nutritionist what what would you say you learned the most in your training career about nutrition about eating what what's the one tip you would give any young athlete um I think the biggest thing for me was um understanding my body understanding uh what weight I was able to compete at my optimum um before before I met John Williams, who's my business partner and is the nutritionist for the Welsh national rugby team. He was the British Lions nutritionist. Um, I didn't really have a clue about um, products, uh, how they could benefit me, how they could help me with recovery. And uh, just a chance meeting one day, um, I was in like a health food shop. Um, they had a few different proteins and stuff. And uh, I just walked up to this guy, John, and said, uh, is there anything you could advise me? Uh, I do a bit of sprinting, and uh, just from that moment, he, he the attention to detail on my diet became very, very important. Um, at major championships, I used to race at 80 kilograms. Um, a walk-around weight's about 95, so you can imagine uh, the attention to detail throughout the season in, in getting my weight right for the major championships. Uh, the focus was always about going to major championships and being in the best form. Uh, and being able to challenge for medals and 
I guess during the season on the circuit, I, I, I wouldn't really focus on the money. I'd, I'd use those races to to perfect what I needed to do at a major championships. Um, I tended to make lots of mistakes on the circuit, but but come the moment at major championships, I, 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 my mind was always fully focused, um, and I was always in the best shape. I, I was always in the best shape I could be. Um, a lot like boxers. Boxers obviously have to make weight. Uh, but for me, it, I, I just felt it, it creates that discipline, um, and you've always got a target that you that, that I had to achieve every season. So it meant I couldn't be sloppy. Were there any vices which caught you up, such as the odd hamburger or ice cream or anything like that, or were you really disciplined in it? Uh, initially, I wasn't, um, and I think that's where I gained a lot of respect for for John. Really, um, really that he cared, he cared about how I performed I remember the the one occasion um I hadn't followed the the meal plan and I hadn't followed the, the whole plan and I, I hadn't lost the body fat that was meant to lose and he just lost it um he just shouted at me and was like you know um uh, why am I wasting my time with you if you're not going to take it serious and um I I often say to him you know that's when my respect for him went to a different level because the team of people that I had around me when I was competing as an athlete, but most importantly, they had to care about me and care about um, how I performed. And uh, he just showed me then how much he cared. And, and to be honest, uh, that was the last time I slapped. <laughs> uh, never slacked again. No vices. Um, what I would say is, though, at the end of every season, once I'd finished, um, I'd arrive back in the country for the championship hopefully with a medal in my, in my pocket and I'd, uh, I'd, I'd drive down the M4 and I'd um, stop off and find a convenience store and, and buy a box of Cherry Bakewells and that was my treat. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'd go crazy. I'd go crazy with it being the end of the season but that was my treat for, you know, being, being dedicated, being focused and, yeah, sticking to what I had to do. That's amazing. And I think it's an amazing story of how you met John in, in that chance moment and, and he was able to become such an integral part of your team. Who else would you say was, was part of your team which really helped you uh, achieve everything that you were able to achieve? Um, oh, many, many people. It's, it's often difficult to, to mention every single person, but you know, um, my, my sir was very important to me, John Sales. Um, unfortunately, uh, he passed away um, in my final season and pretty much, yeah, made up my mind. Um, I think once he passed away, it made up my mind that it was time for me to stop. Uh, he just knew my body. Uh, again, another chance meeting in South Wales. Um, he did a bit of acupuncture, um, which seemed to help me. He also knew uh, about massaging and stuff like that. And I always felt it was very important that whoever was, was, I guess whoever uh, whoever's hands were going to be in contact with my body, they, they had to almost feel like healing hands. And with him, yeah, I always just felt better after after receiving treatment from him. Um, and I think from the first time he treated me, I'd just, I'd just actually gone back to athletics because I'd retired for a couple of years. And uh, he massaged me and I just said, look, if I'm able to get back to the top, you know, would you be interested in travelling on the circuit with me? And he, he said, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I I think the year that I won the European Championships in 1998, the first time, um, he started travelling with me that, that season. 
and uh, yeah, he became my masseur and travelled with me. And then I had fantastic training partners as well. Um, Paul Gray, he he was massive for me in 2004. Um, he didn't make the British team for the Olympic Games, but I paid for him to come out to the holding camp, and uh, he trained with me. And I, I just always felt it was important to have the right people around me that that could keep me relaxed and and keep me focused. Yeah, it's amazing how many different athletes I've spoken to on this show, whether they're in a team sport or an in individual sport, just how important their team is around them. It's 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 really interesting. And we obviously one of your main um, successes was in the relay. How important was it for you to get on well with the other runners uh, in your relay team? Or did it only really, because obviously there's four of you, did it only really matter mm. of who you're collecting the baton from and giving it to? Or did all four of you have to be really tight for you to have that success? Um, I would say 2004 in Athens was the tightest we, we, we ever were. Um, we haven't had a, a individually, we haven't had a, a good Olympic Games. Um, the media pretty much said we were a disgrace. And I think when you're going up against the Americans and they've got four guys who are faster than you, the only way you're really going to challenge them is by becoming a team. Um, in Athens, I think we took the team spirit to a whole different level. There was the utmost belief in each other, um, the maximum respect in each other. And uh, to be honest, after the team meeting that we had the day before the heat, um, I knew the team spirit was on a totally different level than it had been ever before. And I just had this feeling that we would win. Um, nobody else obviously believed that was possible. But yeah, I think when you get uh, a team who every individual is on the same page, uh, amazing things can happen. You, you don't have to be the best at that point. Um, every team member... Um, was important um, even the guys that didn't run they became important and I think what we achieved in, in Athens couldn't couldn't have happened without having an unbelievable team spirit and and we did and yeah we, we got the the, uh, the highest award yeah amazing success gold in the 4 by 100 metres you had a hamstring injury going into the game so did you have any concerns with the injury that you could cause some serious damage I tore my hamstring on the uh, my final training session on my final run before um, I was meant to leave the holding camp in Cyprus. I was meant to leave the holding camp in Cyprus the following day to fly into Athens. And then unfortunately, yeah, I tore, I tore my hamstring. I, I remember lying on the track and I was in tears and Lympha Christie, my coach, who was um, a massive part of my success, was in tears and... Um, a doctor who went on to work for Chelsea and works at, um, in professional football clubs. Um, he was a team doctor. I remember him coming over, and, and you know, <laughs> obviously, you know, he wasn't he wasn't uh, pleased. Um, and we, I don't know these guys, uh, especially Brian English. I, I just remember saying to him, you know, will I be all right? I had the scans and that, and I said, will I be all right? And he went, yeah. I, I, he came to my wedding and he, and he said to me, you know, I probably shouldn't have run on that day. Um, he didn't tell me until afterwards, but <laughs> he knew in my eyes that um, it almost didn't matter what he, what he said. I was always going to try and give myself the best chance. So in my mind, I just dealt with it. How I've heard people talk about when they've fallen off a horse. 
Um, the important thing is to get back on the horse as soon as possible, and that's that's how I dealt with it with regards to my hamstring. I, I thought, right, I've got to go out for the first round of the 100 metres just to see how it feels and to know that it's healing. I, I think I may have run 10-4 or 10-3, and I was like, okay, that's all right. And then by the time I ran the 200, it, it had had a few more days to heal, um, and I managed to make it into the semi-final. And I knew Athens was going to be my last Olympic Games, and I just knew... I would do everything in my power to give myself the opportunity to to try and win a gold medal. And as I say, in the end, the the, the last chance for that to happen was was going to be in the four by one relay. And yeah, um, yeah, we needed that team spirit. We needed that belief, and we had that, and everything aligned, and everything worked out right, and and we became Olympic champions. But you know, it's for me, it was just a massive. A massive emotional roller coaster, but I think what I learned from that is just never give up, just never give up, keep fighting, keep believing, and anything in life is possible. And yeah, by the end of it, uh, it probably took me six years to believe that that, that we'd actually won Olympic gold. Yeah, it's an absolutely amazing story, and and of course now you do motivational speaking, and I believe you've you've done a speech today. Um, I don't want you to give away too much because I still want people to book you. But what what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think's the one principle that people aren't doing that could ultimately help them achieve their their goals and their dreams? Um, I think I think people stop dreaming. I think. You set a dream, you set a target, and because you set a dream, you set a target in your mind. It you almost feel it's going to happen a certain way. Um, you know, from the age of twelve, I, I wasn't, I guess, given much hope from teachers and stuff like that in school that I was going to achieve anything in my life. You know, I was pretty much told I was a no hoper, never amount to anything. Probably spend majority of my life in in jail, if not worse, dead. Um, so that's how my life was written, but. I, I watched Carl Lewis in the um, 1984 Olympics in LA win four Olympic gold medals. I'd been running at that point for about four years and I kind of realized where this, this running thing could take me. And I think from that moment, you know, um, I started practicing my autograph and I tell my teachers in school, you know, one day I'm going to go to the Olympic Games. And obviously they laughed and said, kids like you don't go to the Olympic Games. So, yeah, it's easy to set a dream, but it, the difficult part is to keep going um, from setting that dream to actually achieving it and winning Olympic gold. You know, it took 20 years. And um, as I say, you never know how it's going to go. Um, you have set in your mind how you think it's going to go. But I, I would just say to anybody, you know, just don't give up on your dreams. Um, even if you only get halfway there, um, I'm sure that will fill your heart with with a lot of joy. Um, you know, winning Olympic silver was was unbelievable, and if Olympic silver would have been all I was meant to have, then that was that was enough re- enough of a reward. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just following your dreams, keep going, um, and, and keep persevering. I bet one of those autographs is now worth quite a lot of money that you signed as a kid. I hope one of your teachers or one of your <laughs> your friends has kept it. <laughs> probably not, probably not, because, you know, that well, that's a whole different story in itself. You know, um, it, up until the age of 13, my name was actually Darren Grant. 
And I changed my name when I was 13 to Campbell to my mum's surname because my mum and dad never married. And um, I met my dad for the first time when I, when I yeah, I was about 12, 13. And I, I just said to my mum, I want to change my name. And my mum was like, why do you want to do that? And I was, I was like, well, mum, you know, one day I'm, I'm going to be famous and I don't want my dad to be sat watching me on TV and try and take any credit for what I'm about to do. So if I change my name to, to Campbell, he'll have to explain uh, why we've got different surnames. So, look, I didn't have much in life growing up, but I did have a mum who was was very inspirational. I watched her do two, three jobs to try and give my, my, me and my sister um, the best opportunity to achieve in life. And, yeah, those kind of things got uh, became instilled in me that, you know, anything I wanted to achieve in life, I, I would have to work hard. And, yeah, I was, I was always willing to do that. So, but I... I I guess she instilled a lot of belief. She always used to tell me, you know, Darren, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. So those words always ring in my head, even when I, I maybe think, oh, can I do this? Um, I just know if I've practiced enough, then I have to have faith that it'll work out right. Yeah, mums are normally the best player to have on your team. They're normally the captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. We'll be back with more from Darren in just a moment. It was really interesting to hear that his nutritionist really pushed him into some really good habits. And that is one of the things I want to learn more about. And in fact, I've just downloaded the audiobook, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. It's read by Mike Chamberlain. I've only just started it. So I can't tell you too much about it, but from what I've heard so far, it seems pretty interesting and hopefully I can incorporate more habits into my everyday life. And I've been able to do that with our sponsors, Audible. And you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash best. That's www.audibletrial.com 
audibletrial.com forward slash best. Of course, it's for the best in the world. And let's hear from another one of the top athletes on the planet, Mr. Darren Campbell. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. So we, we, we spoke about your success, but I wanted to talk about the 1996 relay um, when mm. the baton was dropped. How did you feel about that? And, and in many ways, did it help shape your career for the, the later years? Um, you know, most people don't even realize I dropped the baton in, in, in 1996. It's a, it's a funny thing, and it kind of shows you how life can spin around, uh, flip on its head and, you know, you go from such despair to, to such joy and I guess if I'd have really thought about it I was always going to get my success in the, in the 4 by one relay because of what happened in 1996 you know, um, I have to take full responsibility um, I went to that Olympic Games, I, I'd literally just come back to the sport I trained for maybe 6-7 months and, and managed to make it to the 96 Olympics and was selected as part of the of the relay team and I probably took it for granted um, and when you take things for granted in, in life sometimes you get hit with something that questions everything everything you are everything you're about everything you believe and I think at that moment it would have been easy to go you know why has this happened to me but ultimately it happened to me because I wasn't focused I uh, enjoyed the Olympic Village. Um, I enjoyed the McDonald's in the Olympic Village a little bit too much. I um, partied in the in the nightclub in the Olympic Village. Um, I borrowed golf buggies uh, that were meant for the VIPs. So yeah, I wasn't focused, um, and I learned a massive lesson. Uh, when your dream feels so important to you, you mess it up like that, you kind of end up at the crossroads and you only really have two options you can turn and run away and hide or you can come back and show people that you're not a disgrace and for me the the what happened in 96 molded what was achieved throughout the rest of my career if I'm totally honest um and yeah if there was one bit of advice I'd give to to any sports person never lie to yourself you know when it's your fault <laughs> mm. and you know when you know there's, there's nothing you could have done about it and then on that occasion it was totally my fault I didn't prepare properly uh, and in return I failed that's how it worked so you know from that moment I always prepared properly and I always made it my focus to be in the best shape that I could be in major championships. And you clearly learnt from that mistake but Obviously, there there was another huge disappointment which would happen in your career is you would have success with the gold medal at the 2002 European Championships and 2003 World Championships, you got silver. And they were both taken away due to Dwayne Chambers testing positive for banned substances. Um, obviously, that must have hurt. How does it still feel now? Um, I'm, I'm fine with it, to be honest with you. Um, as much as possible, unless there's a lesson to learn, I don't dwell on the past. And, you know, I speak to Dwayne now and it's a mistake that he will live with for the rest of his life. Um, there's nothing I can do about that. I can't change that. But that's a feeling uh, and, and emotions that he will have to go through. And I think what I have now is empathy, um, understanding and 
yeah, I feel for him because I know if he had the opportunity to do everything again, he wouldn't do it the same way. I think um, it's easy to make mistakes when you're a young person um, and you kind of don't understand the ramifications that might have on on your future. And I think now that he's got kids and stuff like that, you know, he, he regrets it. So for me, there's no animosity. Um, there's no anger um, because anger is not good for your heart or your soul. So it's important that you let things go as quickly as possible. And as I say, you know, I feel for him because he wishes he could turn back the clock, but he can't. Um, and, and that's the unfortunate thing. So look, when it's all said and done, it's just medals. Um, and I say to people, you know, medals don't define you. And it doesn't define the person that you become. Uh, I feel very fortunate and blessed that I've won medals, but they don't define the person I am. And of course, the world of athletics has had a lot of problems in the last year um, with the report of state-sponsored doping in, in Russian athletes. And they've been banned right now. We don't know whether it will be until Rio. Um, what do you think athletics needs to do to improve their image and to step forward do you think that Sebco is the right man to do that um I, I, I'm at the point where um if I'm honest it's this is it's not about whether Sebco is the right man I think that's for him to to qualify whether he is or he isn't and I think the focus now has to be on the sport he is the man at the helm and unless he wakes up and decides he's not the right man, then he is going to be the right man <laughs> um, as far as he's concerned. So, look, I, I, I think it's the, t- it's the time and the moment where everybody needs to come together. If you love the sport, then we need to come together and decide what's right for the sport. Um, the sport has a fantastic opportunity to cleanse itself. Um, there's so many things and rumours that I've heard throughout the sport and obviously I've seen in the sport and I just think now's not the time to hide anything. No more sweeping under the carpet. Transparency is important. Um, if we're going to gain the public's confidence in, in what they witness at major championships, then we have to do things right this time. So much has been said in the past about banning athletes for life if they're caught taking drugs and stuff. And I think, you know, a statement like that is what the the sport needs. Uh, no tolerance anymore, um, no understanding, no protecting the rights of drug cheats, nothing like that because, you know, what's come out in these reports, uh, it, it's very upsetting to think that people protected athletes who were cheating uh, nations who were cheating that that's disappointing you know I think uh, the IWF right now are very fortunate that no athletes brought a lawsuit out on them because <laughs> yeah if the public feel cheated imagine how the clean athletes feel that's all I'll say <laughs> the, the the problem is is you know this this summer we've got the Rio Olympics and you know there will be people watching who are gonna doubt whether watch their what they are watching is legitimate, and I think that's something they've mm. got to really try and 
try and clear up. Now, I did see in an article last year that you said you wouldn't encourage kids to compete in athletics. Uh, that, I don't know if that was phrased correctly or, or whether it's taken out of context. But yeah, it, my, children, my your, children. Your children. Do you still believe that? Well, okay. With now what you know uh, and now what everybody knows, would you encourage yours? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I made a statement that was a year ahead of its time. Because how can anybody say to me they'd encourage their kids to take part in athletics, knowing what you now know? Yeah. So now, if the sport, if the sport gets cleaned up, I wouldn't have a problem with my children taking part in the sport because it's a fantastic sport. Uh, it's a sport that has taught me so so much. But whilst everybody was sweeping stuff under the carpet, there's no way I could I, I wouldn't be responsible if I encouraged. Um, I, it's not that I would I would uh, discourage. But, you know, uh, okay, I've got an 11-year-old son who plays football um, and every time he said to me, oh, Dad, I want to go to the track and and start training, I I, I go, oh, just concentrate on your football for now. You know, so look, if he was adamant, that's what he wanted to do, then I would take him. Um, I understand how important dreams are. And if he said, Dad, it's my dream, there's there's no way I would stop him. But... Um, with what I knew and now with what's come out that's why I made that statement okay no fair enough because oh. well this, 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 the, the, what's happened was always going to happen you can't sweep stuff under the carpet forever that's impossible <laughs> that's impossible the truth always comes out in the end so you know the, the rumours and the different stuff that I heard look they, they eventually came out so you know um the comment that I made was as a parent, I'm a parent, you know, when it comes to my children, I'm a parent and I'm a guardian and I'm, I'm meant to take care of them as best as possible. So if I know, if I know more than they know, then I, I, as I say, I didn't fully, I wouldn't, there's no way I could fully encourage it. But if it was what they wanted to do, I, I wouldn't stop them. I wouldn't stop them because if that's their dream, I would have to tell them the pitfalls and tell them the warnings and tell them what my mum told me. My mum told me the day I feel I need to take drugs to be the best, stop. She said it's not that important. And that's always run out in my head. It's, it isn't that important when it's all said and done. Um, yes, someone will come first, someone will come second, someone will come third. But athletics has given me everything I have. The, the, the life that I have is because of athletics. So I don't hate the sport. The problem is I love the sport. And I, I, I want more young people to experience the things I've experienced from the sport. It, it's something that can change your life, you know. But yes, with all that corruption and different stuff going on, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have felt right saying to to to, to my kids, yeah, <laughs> yeah encouraging it. Um, as I say, I wouldn't discourage it, but I wouldn't have put my heart and soul into making them a, be a fantastic athlete. Okay, well, you you clearly love the sport. It's clearly um, been been good to you in in some of your successes. Um, is there anything you've learned from your sp- from your sprinting career that you now still use in your everyday life? Are there any habits or rituals that you still use every day? Um, I wouldn't say I use any of the rituals, but but definitely um, the things that I learned as an athlete. I now utilize in in the in my business. Um, I utilize in the TV work and the radio work that I do. Um, 
as an athlete, it was attention to detail, especially as a sprinter. You've got 10 seconds. So any mistake you make in that 10 seconds will mess up everything you've been working for. So, you know, uh, as a as a sprinter, the attention to detail becomes very important. Um, the mindset that you, that you have and you need to have is very important. Um, I'm a pessimist, not, not a... Sorry, I'm an optimist. <laughs> I was going to say, not you sound pessimist. much yeah, more yeah, yeah, optimistic sorry, than yeah. pessimistic. Yeah, long day. Yeah, I'm an optimist more than a, a pessimist. And I always try and see the positive. I always try and see the positive, And I, I think that's so important. Look, life throws many different things at you. Um, but in that, there's always somebody worse off than you. So it's important that, that you, you find positives and finding positives keeps you going on there's lots of things that have happened in the 10 years of the business um that have been some have been positive things have been negative you know but it's important that you that i stay focused on what we're trying to achieve and and that's how it was as an athlete you're constantly trying to stay positive whether you've had a bad training session or not you know you, you have to think in your mind that tomorrow will be the best training session you've ever had it could change that quickly um, and that's whether it's business or sport well Darren I absolutely love your positivity I'm sure my listeners will as well and they've probably learned a lot if we want to follow you on on Twitter or, or know about your motivational speaking give us a little wrap of what you're up to and how we can get in contact with you Darren Okay, uh, my Twitter is at Campbell Darren. Um, to be honest, with the motivational speaking, I tend to do it to teachers and um, and school children. It was one of the promises that I made uh, uh, the night before I won Olympic gold in my prayers that I would only ever use the, the gold medal for, for good things to try and motivate young people. So, uh, yeah, with with the motivational speaking. Uh, You'd probably have to find me through my agent, uh, which is enough respect. But yeah, I, I I'm very fussy about the, the speaking that I do, if I'm totally honest, because it, it's important that I fulfil the promise I made. Um, I feel very blessed and honoured to to even have an Olympic gold medal, uh, to have any medal. Just to be an Olympian is a very special thing. So I, I really do try and use that in the right way and in a positive way. Well. Darren, this has been an absolutely fantastic interview. Really appreciate your time. Darren Campbell, thanks for being the best in the world. Thank you. No problem. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Absolutely superb chat there with Darren Campbell. Really good to get his perspective on a whole load of topics. If you like this episode, please tell your friends. Please share it on Twitter link it on Facebook, send an email, you know, carry a pigeon, um, maybe the plastic cups with the string in between and throw it to someone and say, have you heard the Best in the World podcast? Why don't you listen to it? The episode with Darren Campbell is really good. You know, you don't have to put on that funny voice. I just think that's the noise it makes when you talk in a plastic cup. Come on, trust me. You go speak in a plastic cup. That's what it sounds like. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get in touch with me on Twitter, go to Richard underscore par. That's P-A-R-R. And also head to the website richardpar.net. Next week, I am going to have my first cricketer on the show stay close to my social media stay close to my website for a little clue of who it might be 
But of course, if they're on the show, they'll be a world champion of some sort because this is the best in the world. But until then, I'll speak to you next week, next Wednesday, on The Best in the World. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.